Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso, and this show is meant to help you make creativity the filter for your life, redefine your relationship with fear, take it out of the driver's seat, step more fully into the essence of who you are, and claim your right to have a dream and take up space. And today you're going to hear from an amazing guest. Her name is LaToya Cooper. She's also known as the songstress. You heard me right. You'll hear all about her amazing name in a bit. She's an MBA, a singer-songwriter, a musician, business coach, and a podcaster. She's best known for her eclectic soul music, her podcasts, and her company, Music Meets the Boardroom, which helps educate and empower indie artists to build strong business-savvy practices that they can apply throughout their career. I wanted to have LaToya on the show because of her incredible story about her journey back to herself and creativity. After pushing away music for 10 years, she found her way back to it, and she has some great actionable tips about how you can also rediscover your creative spark. She is also a deeply spiritual person and has wise insight on how your connection to spirituality can guide your path. Her journey blew my mind, and I can't wait for you to hear all about it. From our conversation, you'll also learn how to walk your own artistic journey and not compare yourself to others, how to tune out unhelpful voices, accept and submit to a challenge, the benefits of letting go, tips to find your own greatness, how volunteer work can tie into your purpose, and how to use your voice to create change. Now here she is, LaToya Cooper. Latoya Cooper, the songstress, I am so blessed to have you on Unleash Your Inner Creative today. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me and thank you for the invite. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I just did an episode of your podcast, Music Meets the Boardroom. It was so much fun. You're an incredible interviewer. You know how to keep it concise, which is something I struggle with because I like to like take a deep dive into every little turn and twist, but I really appreciate that. I learned so much from you doing that show Highly recommend everybody go over there and check it out right now. But without further ado, we're going to dive a little bit into your story. So I know you grew up loving singing. And then when you turned 19, you were getting outside pressure to not do that anymore, to go to school, pick a traditional path. And you did just that. And from what I read in your bio, it seems like you really shut that part of your life off. Now, one of the big thesis statements of this show is that repressed creativity is the cause of so much of the world's suffering. Yeah. I definitely felt that from reading that part of your story. So I was wondering if you could take me through kind of some of the impetus you were getting when you were 19 to shut down and why you ended up choosing that path. I grew up, all I knew was the arts. It was really just in my blood. And I didn't know why. And later I realized it was because it was the way that I spiritually communicated. And when I became 19, I had achieved so many wonderful things. I had the opportunity to sing at the capital of Oklahoma and compete at uh, Miss Oklahoma for a title there, um, winning top talent my first year. It opened up so many opportunities and so many doors. However, I I came to a crossroads. I was the first one in my family to really have the opportunity to go to college. And my parents were like, you're going to go to college, which was great. You're going to, you know, break this generational cycle. You're going to get a great job and you're going to live, you know, a comfortable life. Even though I knew deep down that wasn't my path, I didn't want to disappoint my parents. And I didn't have any other way to make what I knew I needed for myself to happen. So I did what everybody does. I looked around and everyone seemed to be doing the same thing. So obviously that's what I'm supposed to do. Oh my goodness. I spent 10 years struggling with depression and didn't even know why. 10 years. I didn't know why. I didn't know what was wrong. And I remember getting to a point where I was making six figures, had a beautiful loft. I was traveling the world. I had a great job. I had everything you're supposed to have to make you happy. And I remember sitting in my car and just, it was a moment where I couldn't keep it together. I said, God, I don't know what else to do. I give everything to you. What do you want me to do? I just want to be happy. That was it. That's all I prayed for. And I remember being so exhausted (laughs) that I couldn't even, I think I even forgot that I prayed or what I prayed for. I just remember going in the house and just crashing and going to sleep, waking up the next day, completely forgetting about the dream 
and getting up, going to work and having a great day. Later that afternoon, evening, when I got home, I sat my computer back down and God said, sing. That's all he said mm-hmm. to me. And I kind of looked, I was like, what? He said, he said <laughs> it again to make sure I heard him loud and clear. He said, sing. And I said to myself, wow, I got it. Even though that's all he said, I got what he was trying to communicate. And I said, man, that's so simple. That's so simple. And I had kept my word to this day. I said, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, I will do it. I will fully submit and I will not, I will not back down. And I have 100% stuck with what he's asked me to do. And here's the interesting thing. He told me to sing, but he didn't tell me why he wanted me to sing. And I didn't question. I said, Lord, if you guide me along the way, I will follow. All he said was sing. Um, I started singing. I joined a local band. I start singing at church. I start taking voice lessons because I had to rebuild my voice because I hadn't sang for 10 years. And uh, so there's so many things that's happened between now and then. And I'm sure we'll get into those elements, but um, we're here today together. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a beautiful story. And there's a lot to break down from that. Mm -hmm. I want to get into the spiritual aspect of it. But before we do, there's so many people who relate to what you're talking about. I relate to what you're talking about in a lot of ways. There's so many people who know what they're meant for, and yet they divert themselves because of societal pressures or familial pressures or wanting to make people proud or thinking, well, wait, why do I want to take that hard path? Maybe I should just go toward what everyone else is doing. But there are very real physical and emotional implications that happen to us when we choose something that is not for us. Right. So my question for you is, you touched on the emotional ones, the depression, but what were some of like the physical and emotional manifestations of repressing yourself in this way? And how did you finally acknowledge them? Two things. One is I really began like emotionally eating. So mm. it, it showed up physically. I had weight gain because I couldn't, I didn't know how to express myself. I would, would eat. And then also I think it really affected my ability to thoroughly connect with people. So how did you begin to hear God's voice? Because during this time, had you lost your spiritual connection? Were you just kind of not talking with God? Like, what was the moment where you, I mean, I know you felt this moment of desperation, but like, what was happening with your spiritual life in those 10 years? There wasn't any. I was so angry. I was angry at my parents. I was angry at God. And I didn't understand. I didn't understand. I'm, I'm like, God, I'm confused. I, I went from this happy, whole, fulfilled person to I don't even recognize myself. I don't know who, who I am. And, and that explains when you detour off from where you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to be. You're searching for someone and you already have who you are and you're trying to search for something else because it's not what everyone says you're supposed to be. Once I realized that music was part of my spiritual connection, then I was able to have that connection with God again. Yeah. And I think that's so important to know that there's many different ways we can connect to spirituality. It's not just traditional praying. You can pray with a song. You can pray with a meditation. You can pray with a walk. Like There's so many different ways to connect to spirit. For those people out there that do feel like there's a little voice calling them, but they're like squashing it down because they're frustrated or disappointed or angry at how life has turned out at this moment. How do you advise them to start tuning into that little voice or that big giant voice of God and like return to themselves? Like, how did you finally hear this voice and reclaim your own voice and song? It's definitely a process. And I had to accept the fact that I was supposed to walk a non-conventional journey. Right. And that's not a bad thing. That's not an extreme thing of anything like that. There's X amount of billions of people in the world. There's X amount of billions of journeys we're supposed to walk. We all have our individual journey. And when I learned to accept my individual journey and accept that everyone was not going to accept it or like it, then I was able to let go and let things be. It required me to build thick skin. And I don't know where that came from. (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say, how did you do that? Because I'm better in some areas. In some areas, Latoya, my skin is translucent. And I'm always looking for tips on how to thicken that puppy up. (laughs) Uh, It's not easy. It's not easy. How do you think, if you had to break it down, how do you think you did it? Well, I think one thing is anytime something becomes challenging, I know 
that it's probably more than likely meant to happen. So mm-hmm. I just kind of submit to that challenge that I'm facing and try to get over to the other side of it. I think also because I do, I am very connected because I am more connected spiritually and I listen. Um, as you know, as a creative, as an artist, having that time alone where able to think and create it's really a valuable space and I embrace it 110% so I can hear very clearly. So I just allow things, I just allow what I know needs to happen to guide me. And I submit to that, even if it makes someone else uncomfortable. And and I want to share this with you because I had an experience with someone. I had shared my story with someone and I, I guess my story made someone uncomfortable <laughs> and they had said something that was really, really mean. I mean, just because of sharing my story of what I love to do and music and art, But later they ended up, my gift ended up helping them, not personally, but helping them do their job better. And I think now there's a greater appreciation for the art, the gift of the art and things like that and allowing space for me to be able to show up as who I am. But I had to be okay with the fact that that this particular person was not okay with me being different. Or not, you know, me not walking in the room with the tie and a, well, not a tie, but, you know, like pearls and a portfolio or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and not taking a similar path. And, but it is what it is. I mean, I don't even really know how else to explain it. It's just, it's, I think the journey itself, if you embrace the journey, the thick thick skin will come. Yeah. And it sounds like you really learn to care more about your own opinion of yourself than others' opinions of you, which is pivotal. And you got to keep – it's something you got to keep working on because it's hard. Our society, our upbringing – we talked about on your podcast like how wanting to fit into the role of good girl really can inhibit us in our lives from going toward what we know we're meant to be, from being wild and free and untamed and just – passionate people that we are because sometimes we think we need to like crunch ourselves up and be small in order to make other people comfortable but that doesn't feel good to your own humanity and so yeah i think it is it's just a constant reminding of yourself that like no matter what we have to go to bed at night and live with ourselves and so we can't betray ourselves to make someone else feel good you nailed it that's exactly what it is and that was a process once i became more in a line with who I was meant to be, it gave me space to, to learn myself and to love myself. Yeah, you're right. What I think of myself and that integrity and, and when I go to bed at night, who I'm laying down as is more important to me than, than um, what other people think of me. Absolutely. So you said you've just started singing. You, you brought up some examples. You, you know, were in a band, you were singing where you could. I know you said you just listened to it. I, I I struggle with this a lot. So you can you can hear me like trying to work through it in my own head. <laughs> I struggle with like trusting things a lot, you know, with just trusting God and the plan and like I want to control things. How mm-hmm. did you were someone who was like working corporate, extremely successful, making six figures. How did you let go of that need to control and just relinquish the clutch? You you know, like clutching your faith. Like how did you just follow the path? Like what was your, and what did it feel like? We're taught to control everything. We are taught to have control of every aspect of our life versus allowing ourselves to ride the wave of life and allowing the universe to guide us. And there's so much power in letting go. And allowing things to happen the way they're supposed to happen. And we'll find that we've been fighting against greatness. We find ourselves fighting against greatness. It's it's so true. It is so true. The thought of the unknown is intimidating and scary. But what I realized is really the universe has our best interest. Really, really does. And when we let go and we submit to to whatever it is that is supposed to be, we'll find something so beautiful and so fulfilling, and it will show up in a way we cannot even imagine for ourselves. But we're, we're, we are busy controlling things and it's not really our fault. Like I said, I, we're, we're, we're told to control everything. We're told to, to know, you know, what kind of career path we're going to take by the 11th grade in high school, you know, (laughs) 
we don't even know ourselves by 25. We're still trying to figure out who we are. I was going to say, you're lucky if you know yourself at 30. (laughs) Exactly. You know? And so, but it took some time. I'm saying all this, but it took time. I don't think I was, I was probably about 33 before something clicked a little bit. (laughs) Now, so I know you had that time where you were at the Ladder Alliance and that's a nonprofit focused on teaching women who are survivors of domestic violence or are are they still in domestic violence or is it survivors? Some of them are. It is a range. Mm. Wow. That was a humbling. Oh my gosh. That was a Tell me about this. So tell me what it was like. And so was this, you had the corporate job and then you transitioned to this and that was like after you had said you're going to sing. Is that right? Am I getting the trajectory correct? I was still working the corporate job. Okay. And while I was working there, I had a mentor. I was paired up with a mentor who I didn't know why they paired me up with him. He was a you know, totally the opposite as I am. And I'm like, I'm not going to learn anything from him. But he ended up being one of the biggest blessings in my life because he was passionate about volunteering. And I wanted to do that. But I was like, I don't, you know. So I started volunteering because of his inspiration. And I remember walking in the door at this organization the first day. And I said, everyone turn on your computer. We're going to get started. And I remember a lady said to me, how do I turn on my computer? And I nearly died. I almost busted mm-hmm. out in tears. It was so humbling. I had walked into that room. I had thought that everyone in the world has access to technology and resources and knows how to work a computer. I felt two inches tall. And I told myself, I'm going to stay here and I'm committed to helping these women be as prepared as possible for the world and to help get them into better situations and to help their kids be better prepared and better positioned for the future. And that's what I did for five years. Every single week for two to three hours, I would go to this center after work and I would work with women and the stories were great. Many of them got better jobs. They were more, their confidence. That was the main thing was their confidence. I never expected anyone to know anything particular walking into that room. I always made sure I took every single step and made sure they, they learned. A lot of people, including myself, take for granted what we have. And we assume people have everything or access to a lot of things in 2020. And that is not the case at all. Yeah. You know what someone said to me once, it's like, if you woke up with running water and a working plumbing system, you are better off than 50% of the people in this world. It might be a higher percentage than that, but it just, it puts things into perspective. Like we don't think about even the small blessings we have, like being able to flush the toilet, literally. Like, yeah, that's, it's amazing. It's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. But how do you think that experience, because I really do think that purpose is tied to service and that's clearly something that runs throughout your story. But how do you think that experience of working there affected your future music path? Oh my goodness. Had I not been part of that experience for five years, because what I did there is I, I taught there for five years. I had no teaching experience prior to that. And because of that experience, I would not have created or, or had the been confident enough to create music music support room because I do lots of teaching in that experience. And um, so everything has just tied together and been part of this musical journey. I'm just glad I submitted to it because I almost backed out of that volunteer position because I think I had to submit, I had to volunteer and agree to, to volunteer for a minimum of like six weeks at a time. And so I almost like, I don't want to do six weeks. I don't know that, you know, and I ended up doing, you know, five years. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> six weeks was kind of long. It was five years. <laughs> I know. And I would still be there had I not been called into building music music support room. Right. So, you're doing a different kind of service now. Right, right. So tell me about that. So how did you take the leap from working this high paying corporate job to now you are an independent entrepreneur going out on your own? That's something that a lot of people want to do, but they have a tremendous amount of fear. How did you do it from both a practical and like an emotional, spiritual standpoint? Well, actually, I'm still working a day job. But here's the thing. I had planned on taking the leap of faith December of 2019. So just uh, six months ago. And 
an opportunity came about for me to be able to keep my day job and still provide more flexibility to build my passion and to serve under Music Me Support Room. And so that has worked out. Now, oh, yeah. in my future, do am I still, is my goal still to be a full-time entrepreneur? Absolutely. That is part of my calling. That I, I've known that since I was a little girl, that I was meant to have my own business and be a full-time entrepreneur. I always knew that. So I'm submitting to that. I'm waiting until, you know, God universe says it's time and uh, we're just going to take it one day at a time. I'm with you. I don't think that taking a gigantic, I mean, it's great if you can do it, if you've got the financial backing or you like, you know, have a bulletproof idea and and you know that you're going to make money right away. Great. Go for it. Take the leap. But I don't think that's always the best thing. I mean, there's many ways to give ourselves more security while giving ourselves freedom. And sometimes that allows us to be more creative and really build out the kind of business or creative project that we want to have because we don't feel the stress of having to also feed ourselves somehow while we're trying to build this thing. Absolutely. I think that's brilliant. So tell me about when you went about like getting your voice back and creating your first album. What was that process like? And how did you deal with not having the same maybe skill level you had when you left and the discomfort of that, of getting back into something after you'd left it? I cried a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I cried a lot. However, I reached out to a vocal coach who happens to be one of the best vocal coaches here in the DFW area by the name of Damon K. Clark. He worked with me. I worked with him for about three years before I released any music or really sang publicly. Uh, And there was many tears shared between us. And he was very patient with my process, but he understood it. He understood it. And so he, he hung in there with me until I was ready to kind of be let go. He really helped me find LaToya as an artist. That's what I needed. And I think Every artist needs that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, most of the time we're singing covers and things like that. And um, he really encouraged me to sing my own music, create my own music. Yeah. And had you ever written music prior to that? Yes. Very young before around like 19 and younger, but not in my 20s because I didn't sing at all pretty much in my my 20s. I'll say after about like 20. Yeah. 19, between 19 and 30s. I didn't sing at all. So. That is, I, I can't even imagine that. Like you, I feel like you not singing is like, why don't you just cut off your arm? Like, that's what it feels like. That's it's like, what it it's like, like. <laughs> missing a body part. I, yeah. I, I just need to touch on this again. Cause I'm so, like, how did you do that? Like, what did it feel like to, to not be doing something that is so innate to you? It felt foreign. I felt out of place. And oftentimes, and kind of going back to your question of, you know, how did, how were you expressing yourself? How was it showing up in other areas of your life? Another area that it showed up for me was I didn't like to commit to things. During that time Mm -hmm. frame, I was afraid of commitment. And it was because I knew I was not living my truth. And I was afraid that if I committed to anything during that time that I, that the part of me that's not me was going to be making that commitment and I would have to stay and live in that space. And I didn't like that. It was, I mean, it was. And now I feel like I can smile and I can be young and I can have fun and, and be lighthearted and things like that and, and be unapologetic about it. I think one of the most beautiful things that we can hold on to is just our youthful energy and spirit and not let anything take that away. And I just decided one day that regardless of what I've been through and experienced, I wasn't going to let anything take that away from me. So when you did go to make your first album, what was that process like? like? How did you discover who you are as an artist? And how would you describe that? I am definitely, my friend calls me eclectic soul because I'm yeah. full of this this bundle of just whatever I'm feeling, whatever music I'm feeling at the time is what I create. It's really hard to put me in a box. I can't even put myself in a box and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Creating my first Boxes project, are boring. It is. And I wish <laughs> in music that they would just remove the boxes altogether. But I know they've got to categorize things by certain points. But but creating my first project, I wrote most of my, my first project at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and it wasn't intentional. It was just I would sleep and then something would wake me up and be like, go write. And that's what I did. Now, the first song I wrote was called Beautiful Bird. 
And it really expressed how I felt coming into myself and how I imagined other people felt. And being this beautiful bird, I mean, think of like a child, how just happy and free spirited and, and expressive they are how as human beings we're created with what we really need. You know what I mean? Like with inside of us. And the song was just about allowing ourselves to be free in that space and being exactly who we're supposed to be and to unleash all those beautiful elements that we're born with that are designed to carry us forward. And so, and I wrote that at three o'clock in the morning. It just came to me. That's (laughs) like the God hour. I feel like anytime between two and five, I feel like that's when God's waking you up. I'm like, yep. God's like, hey, I got something for you. Listen up, baby. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> I gotta go to work too in the morning. <laughs> yeah, please, God, I'm really tired. But that does sound really good. Uh, I love this quote from your bio: "To walk in purpose often takes an insurmountable level of courage and boldness." Latoya Cooper's journey is a sheer manifestation of such audacity. What does this mean in action? Can you give an example of this? That is just a moment of allowing myself to get back into alignment and letting go of what my life is, quote, supposed to look like. I mean, it was just, that's what it was and and being okay with the process of that. And so it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, but allowing myself to find the path and to be in alignment and letting go. So for somebody who is feeling like they want to be bold, they want to step out, but they're afraid, what would be your advice to them on how to take fear out of the driver's seat and go toward themselves? Two things. One is 99% of the time, everyone around you is more scared than you are. And most people are probably scared of you. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Most people are uncomfortable. And so I wouldn't worry about not being bold and being true to yourself. One, two, by being true to ourselves and being bold and authentic, it gives other people around us permission to be bold and authentic themselves. So it gives people permission to be themselves. And when we are not true to ourselves, it not only suppresses us, it suppresses those around us. So what is more beautiful then allowing people around us to just really unleash themselves and to be free. And sometimes it starts with us. I'd say always. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the songstress, because this is like a very important thing. You're Latoya Cooper, the songstress. How yeah. did you come up with that label and and why is it important to have? Well, I was singing somewhere and the gentleman that was introducing me asked me if I had a middle name. And I said, no, I don't have a middle name. He said, well, you're going to be the songstress. And then after that day, I just always used it. I've moved it around in different places in my name. Sometimes it's been in the middle and that doesn't work. And I didn't, I tried to change my name many times. I wanted something original and, you know, kind of edgy. And then I just said, you know what, I'm going to be me. And I moved it to the end of my name and I really like it. Um, there was a time where a few people were like, oh, it's it's kind of dated and things like that. You shouldn't use it. But now I'm finding that it's kind of falling into place and um, I probably should trademark it. <laughs> yeah, you really should. I love it. I mean, I just think it's, again, to go back to your word bold, I think it's so bold to have that word songstress. I mean, talk about like standing in your power. It's like, you know what? Hey, my name is Latoya Cooper. I'm a songstress. Be ready to be dazzled. Yeah. I love it. And you know, it's like so so often we don't own the things we want to be because we mm-hmm. think we don't have enough clout or we've got imposter syndrome or we're not doing it full time yet. So we think we can't step into it. But this to me, like putting songstress, the songstress behind your name is a proud proclamation that that's who you really are. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm stepping into that. And it's taken time, you know, but now I'm like, I walk in the room and I'm like, yep, I'm Latoya Cooper, the songstress. Yes. <laughs> Can I share a story with you? That it just it reminds me of this. Okay, sure. One time I was singing, you know, do you do this? You sing in like in public, but then if you get caught, you get kind of embarrassed. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I was singing in the elevator waiting room and, uh, I didn't know someone was behind me and I turned around and I'm like, oh my God, I was so loud. And he goes, 
are you a singer? And I have no idea to this day why I did this, but I looked at him and I went, big time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and he was like, oh, cool. <laughs> But that's what that's what the songstress reminds me of. It's like big time. Yeah. Am I a songstress? Big time. I love it. And I think it's just a good example for all of us to start owning the titles that we hold dear to ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. Just embrace it. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about Music Meets the Boardroom. I know you're doing some really amazing things there. You've got a workshop with uh, women in music coming up. But, like, tell me about it overall. What is it? Why did you start it? Who is it for? Music Meets the Boardroom, I did not have an idea or a thought to even start Music Meets the Boardroom. Uh, My vocal coach that I mentioned earlier, Damon K. Clark, pulled me to the side one day. I had been performing aggressively once again as an artist, as Latoya Cooper, the songstress. But during that time, other artists were coming to me with lots of questions, a lot of business questions. And I had my, gotten my MBA, you know, and things like that. So I love business and was comfortable in that space. And he pulled me to the side and he said, Latoya, you need to do something with this. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, sitting there <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, people are coming to you. They're asking you questions. This is a great opportunity and people, we need this. So believe it or not, that week, Music Me Support Room was birthed within like a week or two of that conversation. And I've just been building it ever since. I love it. I see, I see the future in it. I see opportunities there. One thing I want to mention about Music Me Support Room is I knew I growing up singing, right? And and I knew I was supposed to sing, but God had not revealed to me why. He had not told me why, but he just kept saying sing, sing, sing. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But once I started to build music music boardroom, I started to see a slight exit out of the performance space. Like things weren't kind of working. I was like, I'm confused. I don't understand. And what was happening was what I needed as a performer, I had gotten. And now it was time to shift over into the music music boardroom space and use those skills and experiences to build music music boardroom and to help more people build a mission to help other people. But that process was hard. I did not want to accept that shift and that change. Oh, yeah. That shift and change. I mean, like, okay, so we're going to get to that, but I just want to talk about that because it's something a lot of people go through where they go from more of a place in the spotlight to a place to the side, but that yeah. was where the spotlight was always leading. It's basically like a mental fight you go through, right? Where you have yeah. to say like, okay, clearly this is not my path and it was always meant to be over here so that I could assist others to do it or whatever the scenario is. How did you talk your little self, basically, because there's this little girl inside you, right, that wanted to be this singer and this star? Mm-hmm. How do you talk her off the ledge and say, hey, honey, like, I hear you and I see you and we're never going to stop singing, but this is really our purpose? Yes. It took me about a year and a half of fighting in that space, but this oh, something happened and, and a message became really clear for me that... What I desired in the performance space was actually showing up tenfold in the music music support room space. Mm. It was the same thing, but it was packaged differently. And once I realized that, I'm like, whoa, what could be even more beautiful than God transferring me from singing to actually speaking? And people actually wanting to hear what you have to say. That sounds like a promotion to me. I mean, (laughs) when the light bulb came on, I said, whoa. And it, and it brought me back to when I was in the third grade. I remember being in the third grade, had these really big plastic glasses and I'll have to send you a picture of it when I, when I, please do. And I was this little insecure little girl sitting in the back of the room. And I remember this lady came into the room and she was speaking and she was inspiring us. And I remember saying to myself, man, I would love to be just like her. And I held on to that, but I was like, I never will have the confidence to even do half of what she's doing up there and to see how things are falling full, you know, coming around uh, tenfold. I'm like, you know what? Once I realized that I I'm, I'm fully submitted to that. So if that means that I'm only singing around town or something like that, I'm okay with that. I still want to express myself. And, and if, you know, the opportunity comes to continue to do things on a greater scale. I'm all for that. But my main focus is helping other artists. 
You mentioned that, I mean, this is brilliant because it's something I speak about a lot, which is that I don't think your purpose is actually tied to a specific path. I think your purpose is tied to who you are and everything feeds into that. It sounds like that's what you're talking about. You had a specific purpose with music that was fulfilled even more with Music Meets the Boardroom and with teaching and being of service in this way. What is that purpose? The purpose is helping artists, creatives with the gift, align their gift and, and help them see clarity and give them permission to use it for greatness. And that is my mission and to help them be successful in that space and to be their cheerleader in that space. Because I think with, in our, in our area, you know, it's, it's such a huge focus on quote, being seen, but what does that mean? What's really tied to that? You know, having true fulfillment in that space, not only helping others, but helping yourself by having true fulfillment and authentic presence in that space. I, I meet artists who they will tell you straight out, I just want to be famous. And that's fine. At the same time, where is the fulfillment in that at some point? At some point, there's going to be more questions that are going to pop up. You know, and and making sure we know who we are so that we're not making certain compromises along the way that we will regret, you know, because we we want to know who we are as we're walking this this journey that is going to require us to be to go up against so many different types of energy, you know. So, yeah, I just kind of went more. <laughs> more no, that, no. I love what you're saying, though, because it's really the difference between pursuing something because it is a soul purpose or an ego purpose, right? Right. An ego purpose is going to be the thing that seeks fame, that seeks attention, that seeks money. By the way, I think it's fine to want those things. But if that's your primary focus, you're going to end up unhappy. I I just, I don't think that there's any way to be happy if what you're chasing is achievements. Believe me, I've done it many times in my life. I still do it now sometimes, but I fully recognize in my body today that anytime I've chased that, I've gotten the thing and then felt hollow after because it's not real. What you have to follow is that kind of soul purpose, that service, that thing that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel connected to other people, to spirituality. And so I love that you're helping people lock into that because that's what, no matter what you achieve, quote unquote, that's what's going to bring you lasting peace. Lasting peace and true success because true success is that internal peace, internal Mm -hmm. peace. Because, you know, we can achieve one thing and then the high is gone. And then now we're needing something else to fulfill that high. I'm just as guilty as you are when it comes to, you know, being an overachiever. I, you know, I spent my life doing that. And now I'm just like, you know what? I don't care about that stuff, you know? Um, but it's hard other- too. I'm yeah. sorry. I want to let you finish. But I'm just thinking like, you know, I, I feel for you because you mentioned you're the first person in your family to go to college. Like, I think, you know, my dad is, was in a similar situation where he was like first generation Italian, the first person in his family to go to college, the first person in his family to like make a really good living. And I think he felt like that pressure where he could never do anything outside of like what was in the rigid box. So I have to commend you, Latoya, because it couldn't have been easy for you with those kind of constraints, like those familial constraints that came from a place of love and being proud of you, but still constrained you to go after something that is more soul-driven versus achievement-driven. Yeah, absolutely. When you hear other people's voices in your head, you know, because that's how I think of it when when we talk about those pressures, how do you shut them up and, and get back to like your connection with God and yourself? It goes back to just having clarity of purpose. And I remind myself as to why I'm doing what I do. And because of that, I'm able to pick up any time that I feel down or, you know, crying or just feel like a failure that day. I just remind myself of that purpose and the mission and I'm able to get back up the next day and keep going and keep going. You know, one of the goals of this podcast is to help people make creativity the filter for their life, meaning like we don't just have to be creative when we're on stage or when we're coaching someone or when we're painting it can also be one of our greater purposes in life. How do you work toward making creativity a through line in everything you do? 
That is a great question because I do try to incorporate creativity throughout my entire day. Even when I'm in a space that does not have creativity, if I'm in a space where people, creativity is not even something that runs through their their veins, I try (laughs) to show up in that space because a, a friend of mine said something to me that was so powerful. And he said, because I said, sometimes I get in some spaces and I feel like I have to like restrict myself and it drives me crazy and I don't want to do that. And, and he said, you shouldn't because your creative energy may be the only thing that they experience in that day. That's, that's creative. And some people need that. It gives them once again, going back to, it gives them permission to show up how they really want to show up. And so I try to incorporate creativity every single day in every environment. Sometimes if I'm in environments that are kind of restrictive, I'll do little things like wear my sparkly glasses. That's great. And I kid you not, I've been in some rooms where that people have felt quite uncomfortable. <laughs> but, it, you know, I'm like, I'm going to be who I'm going to be, you know, people are kind of looking. I'm like, yeah, this is who I am. But at the same time, I'll have someone who might pull me to the side and be like, Oh, I really like that. You know what I mean? Like, they just like, I really like that. I wish I could do that. I'm like, you know what? You can, you know, why don't you just go for it? You know? (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, I just try to incorporate it every aspect of the day. I love it. And that's so true. It's like, it goes back to the thing you said before, when you are yourself, it gives other people permission to also be themselves. So that's beautiful. So, okay. I know you've got a really cool workshop coming up with women in music. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yes. September 19th, uh, Music Music Boardroom will be hosting a workshop called Women in Music. (laughs) And the goal of this workshop is to do something that really is kind of taboo. It's, I don't know what to say of taboo, but it's just not really discussed on like a greater scale, but to allow women to get together and talk about our careers as women and talk about and express and support each other through issues and topics that affect us and touch us as women, solely as women, such as leadership and confidence as women, as, as being business owners and leading a band or leading a, a brand or team, you know, once again, going back to what you were saying about your voice, you were saying, um, kind of how we have to kind of like close off our voice sometimes and finding that strength of opening up and, and saying what we mean, you know, topics like that safety and women being in music, our spiritual gift, understanding our spiritual gifts so that we can make smart decisions for ourselves. And going back to what you're saying about trusting that inner voice in certain situations as women, we have an amazing gift of intuition and trusting that intuition and not letting anyone question our intuition and following through with confidence and making the right decisions for ourselves. So that's what that workshop is about. We're going to have a PR rep who's going to be our keynote speaker, who is amazing at what she does. We're going to have an hour where we're going to be bringing in a successful artist to perform and to um, have a Q&A and kind of talk about how they've built their career. We're going to have a songwriting session. And then we're also going to have a workshop We're going to have a panel and then we're going to have a workshop just talking about those elements that I mentioned about that affect women directly. I can't wait. I will be there with bells on. And I wonder if you had one piece of advice that you could give, like a really tangible piece of advice you could give somebody who is just starting their career as an artist and putting out singles, haven't really seen the success they want yet, but are keep on trucking. What would be your advice to them? Be open to learning through the process. There's a lesson along the way and embrace those lessons because they're all meant to come together and support you in some area. And slow and steady really wins the race. We're in a culture of instant gratification. However, when we do become successful, we want to be able to maintain that. And if we allow ourselves to to gain the lessons along the way, then when that moment comes, we're able to support it and we're prepared for it. I love it. And sometimes you don't get the dreams you're you're asking for right now because you're not ready and that's okay. Yes. You'll be grateful down the road when you're way better than you are now. (laughs) 
Oh, yes. We look back and we're like, oh, we're so glad that prayer was not answered at the time. It was, we wanted it. <laughs> so, yeah, for real. Tell me about your podcast. I We've touched on it a bit, but what can people expect to hear in the future? Like, where do you hope to take it? Why did you start it? Tell me the full story. I started that podcast coming off of another podcast that I hosted on a network a couple years ago. And I found purpose in that podcast. Someone had asked me to do a podcast and I was like, why me? I can't do that. I, you know, and he, and he was like, yeah, you can do it. So I started doing it. And what I, what, what was discovered through that experience was I was interviewing artists who had all this amazing experience, maybe in key areas that other artists needed and wanted, but was too afraid to speak up and ask about it. And so it created a platform for people to talk about their areas of strength. So with Music Meets the Boardroom podcast, that's one thing that we are definitely continuing to tap into. We're interviewing artists who are doing great things. We want to know what you're doing well. As artists, what are you doing well and how did you do it? We want to know. So the podcast really serves as a resource for artists who are aspiring to grow. It is incredible. I'd recommend it for anyone, not just musicians, because it's just inspirational in general. What's a top mistake you see new artists frequently making and how can they stop doing that? Following everyone else. <laughs> following the same pattern of what the expectation of what our walk should be. And I'm guilty of it too. I'm totally guilty of it until I had a moment. I'm like, I'm not doing that no more. Why am I doing that? The one thing that's really great about right now, even though COVID has really just, just racked up the game. One thing that it has done is it's really one leveled out the playing field across the board. And it's given us an opportunity to really step back and figure out exactly how we want to look and be on the other side of this. And this is the time to do it. Just take a step back. You don't have to follow the path as everyone else. Figure out what your path and journey should be. Thank you. Yeah. And that's an important thing for anyone to remember because I think it's really tempting at the beginning of any journey to just follow what everybody else is doing. And that is not going to get you to a place where you're proud of yourself. And it's also not going to gain success because people can feel that. Even if they can't put their finger on it, they can feel it on a subconscious level. So that's fantastic advice. Right. Obviously, like we're in the middle of one of the most major social justice movements of our lifetime. And it is amazing. Um, you've been very vocal about Black Lives Matter. And I would love to hear how you think that artists should incorporate social activism and social justice into their work. Make music. Make music that reflects what's happening in our world and our society. Create music that inspires, empowers, and helps give people energy to move forward and continue to fight for whatever it is that's right. We need that right now. I think over the last decade, we fell away from that or that type of music just was not being heard on a greater scale. And I'm noticing industry-wise, they're trying to catch up. They're trying to catch mm -hmm. up. I'm seeing them releasing things, but that's what we need. Create music that reflects the times. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. It's like, I think it had been a, in the past few years, especially a, a real turn toward the superficial. And mm. it's nice to see people waking up in every aspect. People are waking up to fight and take to the streets and protest, but also in your artistry, creativity is resistance. And so mm -hmm. use your creativity for resistance. Use your creativity to talk about what's going on, the injustice. That is beautiful advice. And no matter what you do, whether you're a musical artist or anything else, take the talent you already have and use it to fight the power that be. <laughs> you know what? You nailed it. And it's and it explains why I'm an artist, because I like to resist everything. <laughs> Yeah. So that explains why I'm like, you know what? Hey, just on a, I'm an Aries too. So Aries don't like to follow any rules. Yeah, so go against that grain. <laughs> and so creativity gives you permission to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, Latoya, you are such a pleasure and I am so grateful to have you on the show. I have two final questions. I believe creativity is deeply connected to the inner child. So I'd like to go back to little Latoya at whatever age you think of her as. And 
if you and the younger version of yourself were standing in the same room looking at each other, what do you think she would say to you and why? She would say to me, oh my gosh, this almost brings tears to my eyes. (laughs) She would say to me, stand tall, keep going, and thank you. And what would you say to her and why? I would say to her, thank you for being light and smiling and wanting to be joy. Well, thank you for still doing that today. (laughs) I appreciate you. You are incredible and you are a light in this world and in this industry. We're lucky to have you and God bless you. And thank you for your beautiful, beautiful soul. Thank you so much. You really blessed me today. I'm like, I didn't think I was going to end a podcast almost in tears because (laughs) that was amazing. And your questions are absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to my guest, LaToya Cooper, the songstress. You can listen to her podcast, Music Meets the Boardroom, wherever good podcasts are found. Follow her at music underscore meets underscore the underscore boardroom and at LaToya underscore Cooper underscore the underscore songstress. Also check her out at her website, LaToyaCooper.com. And for more info about her workshops and services, check out musicmeetsaboardroom.com. Thanks, Liz Full, for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you liked what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show on Spotify. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. If you do that, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to show my gratitude. Also, if you haven't already, join me on Sunday, August 2nd for a live jam session with my original music on my page at Lauren LaGrasso. I usually go live at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, and it's just really fun. It's kind of like a hybrid between the podcast and what you'd get at my concert. And uh, yeah, join me for some laughs and some tunes. If you haven't already listened to my song, Like a Bomb, check it out. It's on all music streaming platforms. My wish for you this week is that you start to reclaim the important parts of yourself that have been lying dormant. They're still yours. Start to call them back piece by piece. I love you and I believe in you. I'll talk with you on Friday when we do a creative check-in.